Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, it is the good news, and I've got a big, uh, uh, it's like a little party here in the studio. <laughs> and uh, what I'm going to do this time is um, go around the table and have the ladies introduce themselves because uh, the reason I choose them is because they're all people um, uh, that have had an impact on my own life, and I hope that you enjoy uh, hearing them. And I think as a Christian sharing good news, all those years in TV that I shared a lot of bad news, I really wanted to share good news stories. But I also want people to see that like we're Christians and we're, we're fun and funny, and we don't wear you know really dowdy clothes and sensible shoes, and that we have a sense <laughs> of humor, and that uh, we're just you know we're just like everyone else. And I think that um, oftentimes the media has given some Christians a bad name because the Christians that get in the media are often the wacky ones, and uh, like the Westboro Baptist Church, which is not a church, it's a cult. And so I, I wanted to do this show so that people um, could have hope, hear good news stories, and then maybe be inspired through some of the testimonies or people who are on the show who lead inspiring lives. Uh, I always tell, I'm going to start with you, Michelle, and okay. I always tell Michelle, she says I tell her testimony better than she does. <laughs> and when Columbine happened and that, that shooting uh, took place, she had taught one of the shooters, he was a gifted student, and then she knew some of the people involved because she was a teacher, her husband's a teacher, her daughter's a teacher, and she had a heart attack that day. Mm-hmm. And I always remember, uh, Michelle, that you uh, you've lived what you promised God that day that you'd make every second count. I'm and just so, so thankful for uh, the extra time that He's given me. And the extra time. What do you, what do you need? Uh, you know, what do you want done? You know, what do you want done? And, and you don't waste a minute, do you? I try not. Try not to you, at and all. And you try to make and, an impact on people every day, well, don't you? It, but try. It's, it's His. It's, it's His. So my prayer is every morning. Okay. Yes, I'm here. I'm really tired. But what do you have in mind, God? And yeah. help me to be open to whatever it is, or whoever it is, or whatever it is I need to listen to it's yours it's well, yours and I asked you one time I said what would you change in your life mm. and you said you would have started younger listening I would to have, God I would have surrendered my life to Jesus far sooner I thought I did I thought I did but not until April 20th 1999 did I completely surrender to uh to him for what he had in mind so to know Jesus to really take the time each day to spend some time with him because my life and everybody's life is so darn busy that it's an effort it, yeah. it's a conscientious effort to sit down and give him the time that right. he so deserves right. and we need to do that I need to do that well, and, Don, to survive. and Donna Hetzler, author, speaker, she d- is not a morning person. And you started getting up <laughs> at 5 a.m., was it, to start writing every day? Yes, I'm writing by 5, so I get at my alarms at 4.30. My husband just posted a post on my timeline, and it was this cat that was sleeping, and the owner, like, you know, tickled its oh, foot, and yeah. it, it wakes up, like, swatting, and he's like, this is my wife in the morning before oh, coffee. Yeah. Right. I mean, that so, is so me. So that's amazing that you get up so early just to write and be with God. Like, that's a mm-hmm. commitment. It, it is. is a commitment. It is. 
is. In fact, my alarm that's set on my phone that says, get your butt up, God is calling. He wants to spend some time with you. <laughs> so when I look at it to hit the snooze button, I'm like, oh, but it's God. I got to get up for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life, um, one of my uh, most inspirational friends. Uh, what is it every day that gives you a sense of purpose? Because people meet you and they say, you're really religious because you're very um, transparent about your faith. And you say, I'm not religious. And I'm not. I I'm not a religious person at all because you religiously lie. So what are you? I'm a she's Christian. on fire. I'm That's a, what she yeah, is. Yeah, I am. You're on fire. That's it. And <laughs> I'm a born again you, Christian. What gives you that? Like, you know, um, I don't know that openness. Like I'm with you all. I've been with you no less than 15 times when you've just met someone who's maybe going to have surgery or something's going on, and, and you ask if you can pray for them, and I've never heard anyone say no. Well, didn't she, Sandy, didn't she pray with you last time that you guys were together when you first met her? Didn't she pray with you? One of my I friends did. did. No, yeah. it was Roxy. It was Roxy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was Roxy. Oh, Roxy. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that, that when he says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the, the petitions that we have desired of him. And God answers prayers. And anytime a person is in a difficult situation, all they got to do is turn to prayer because God is waiting for us to send up a petition, to send up a, a, a word to him and say, God, I know that you're there. I need you to do something for me right now. And he's able to do it. And so if God is putting me in a situation where I can stand before somebody and say, look, let me pray for you today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me help you to believe God for you today. You know, and I have had very few people, maybe one that has said, no, I don't want you to pray for me. And I just look at him and say, well, I'm going to pray for you anyway. <laughs> okay. I'll see you later, but I'm going to pray for you anyway. You know what I love about Beatrice, though? She started coming to our Jericho Girls meetings. Yeah, yeah I love and that. And she does not hesitate. She moves with God. And so the minute she feels, you know, God moving her to pray for someone or to say something, we were in the middle of a discussion, and she goes, Donna, can we just back up a second here? Let's touch on this. And, I mean, all the girls were just in awe of how she, you know, commanded and prayed and just moved with God. And I love that. You don't hesitate. You Amen. move with And I can't because mm -hmm. God has brought me through so much stuff, you see. And yeah, so uh, if I know, hesitate. I was looking at a picture that one of you posted the other day of all of us. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that picture and I thought, oh, my goodness. Because John and Robbie were in the picture and uh -huh. their marriage broke up over addiction. Yes. And they got back together. And now they counsel couples yes. who have broken up yes. and they bring them back together. And I thought about Michelle and her heart attack. Mm -hmm. I thought about Donna and I in our my very difficult upbringing and Donna also had some yes. issues with her parents mm -hmm. uh, and then I thought about Beatrice all the things you've survived mm -hmm. and I mean they're pretty intense and not just Amen. things we'll throw out there right now but Amen. really a lot and a teen mom you know yes. that decided not to terminate her pregnancy mm -hmm. and to have that baby who's now grown up to be the most beautiful girl and never forget the time that you said you felt her kick and you decided not to have an abortion yeah. and then your love when the two of you looked at each other like across the room I, was, I, I just about lost I think it. what I also love about her about your prayers Tootsie Pops is the fact that you pray specifically and God tells us pray specifically right. well and, and when I, I looked at that picture I thought about the way that God has I mean we have beautiful lives mm -hmm. how the way that God has 
um, helped build a foundation in right. our lives to get us through the tough times. Amen. Uh, and I'm going to introduce Sandy Steffes again. Sandy's been on the show many times. Sandy's been my friend for years. Uh, her husband, Dan, and I worked together at Channel 2. He was the cameraman I love to work with because he has such a positive attitude. And I knew her daughter, Michaela, who passed away, and her son, Wyatt. And I'm laughing because Wyatt's sitting next to me. And one of the last times I was with you guys at a baseball ball game, you could barely catch him because he took off in the parking lot. And you're like, Wyatt, come back. And he just looked at you and he's like, no way. Yeah. And he ran so fast. I thought, oh, my gosh, how is she going to catch him? Yeah. And he kept running and running and you kept running and running after him. Yes. And so um, uh, with Sandy, I think that w one of the things I admire so much is after losing Michaela um, at such a young age to lose your daughter, um, that you now work with people who are dealing with loss. So you've taken your own pain and then you um, help other people deal with loss. And, uh, and you know that's got to be emotional because you kind of have to go through some of the things you went through in order to help them go through it. Right, right. And a lot of, it's just, it's still a process. I'm still going through stuff. So, you know, I, I'm learning stuff from people I talk to all the time. So, you know, in the beginning, I thought I had a relationship with God. And then to go through something like this, I, you know, I, I thought I didn't have a relationship with God. I thought, why have you abandoned me? Why did you do this to me? But I, it was like, I, I've compared it to like a ship. You know, you can never really see a big ship turning when it turns, but it was a process like right. that. I felt myself yeah. turning. Right. It, was it is very so gradual. subtle and gradual. Subtle and yeah. gradual, exactly. And I decided that God had a plan for me. He wanted me uh, to have a better relationship with him. And I kept saying, why can't you do it a different way? Yeah. <laughs> but that's when I decided I needed trust. And my trust in him has brought me definitely to a better faith. And, and it's still a process. how long has it been, Sandy? Um, it's, it'll be 11 years in October. Mm -hmm. And she was yeah. 11. And Yeah, she was just about 11. She yeah, was two months short right. of 11, yeah. But, yeah, but she was more like 20. Yeah, I know. She, she was an old soul, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah, she was definitely an old soul. She cracked me up. Mm -hmm. Such a mom figure to Wyatt, definitely. Mm -hmm. All right, um, let's do a good news story, and then um, uh, I, I want to go around the table again because I, I just love the whole, you know, it's like, coffee at a table and we hope you listening that you feel like you're here with us and um, I hope that you are inspired by these ladies as much as I am inspired by them. I love it when uh, I love the power of one and how one person can make a difference in someone's life. Um, this story is about a, 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 a neighbor and uh, the dad went away. Uh, he's in the military and dad and son had always done yard work together and so the neighbor boy just came, showed up at his uh, front door and knocked. And uh, this neighbor has really come through for this little boy. And then, again, these are small things. Like, you don't have to be Bill Gates to make a difference in the world. The power of one. Like, the other day, my daughter wanted to do something for a homeless woman and her two kids. And I was already almost home. I didn't make the turn. I'd have to turn around and go back. And I'd have to bring some food and blah, blah, blah. So my daughter's eight. And I thought, okay, you have to turn around around because she wants to help them so I pulled up in the parking lot after we got what we needed to for them and I made her go over to the woman and the kids she said the kids grabbed the gummy bears and the snacks she brought like just like ripped them out of her hands she's like mom they opened them right away and the mom said god bless and she said mom how come so many homeless people um you know are are, are, are 
have, you know, say God bless, like they believe in God. And I said, well, I think a lot of times when you're going through something really difficult, it brings you closer to God because you don't know where to turn. And that's a time when maybe you feel like God's peace or help or some kind of hope within yourself. Uh, so anyway, in that case, I felt we had to do this little thing. I mean, what did it cost us? Like under $5, right? I'm not Bill Gates. So was that a big deal? No, but it showed my daughter that she could make a difference even though she's little. And so whenever they ask to do something, I try to come through for them so that um, they can be like this guy is. And again, he's just a neighbor guy. He's got a lawnmower. It's not a big deal, but it is a big deal to the, to the kid. Brian Kelly is just five, but he's already missing the old days. He and his dad used to love doing yard work together until last month when his dad, Air Force Captain Dan Kelly, got sent overseas. He said, I have to go now. I'll see you soon. And Brian just started weeping. Brian's mom, Barbara, says it was just a six-month deployment, but it still left Brian aimlessly leaf-blowing in the wind, counting the days till his dad could come back and do yard work with him again. Neighbor Dean Cravens used to watch them. He knew the boy missed his dad, but he didn't know how much until he got a knock at the door. Nobody ever comes to our front door, so we're like, okay, who could that be? And you can see him through the window. It's Brian. And I, and I just looked at him, and I could tell he wanted to do yard work. I said, sure, meet me around the garage. We'll get some tools out and go. That was six weeks ago, and there has been a door knock virtually every day since. Yes, Mr. Brian. He kind of took it upon himself to adopt me to do the yard work. Which is why today, good, good. you'll find this father, figure, and son puttering around their yards in Belleville, Illinois. There it is. Bagging the clippings and blowing their cares away. By the way, Dean does have a day job, works in IT, and he does have his own family, but he always makes time for Brian. <laughs> Did you do that? Every single day. Has Dean ever sent him back, say, not today? Never. Never? Never. We've been out there for hours at a time. Don't you have other things you should be doing? Uh, probably, yeah. So, so why keep doing this? I just like to see the smile on his face and see him happy doing it. <laughs> We always talk about supporting the troops. For most of us, it's a commitment that begins and ends at our bumper sticker. But Dean Cravens shows us what it really means to serve those who serve. Brian. He's just there to help Brian get through the days. Filling in. Absolutely. That's exactly what he's doing. Sometimes yard work grows a lot more than grass. Okay, how many times do we not answer oh. the door? Yes, how and I times, love how How many times do we not turn around when our kid asks to exactly. do something for a home? How many times do we not answer the door? Yes. I mean, when Jesus knocks or we see a need, how many times do we go, someone else will answer the knock? Mm -hmm. Girl, you better right. preach mm -hmm. that right there. Yeah, and how Too many often. times do we hear, you know, I don't have time for that right now. And when they interviewed this guy and he, they said, don't you have better things to do? And he goes, yeah, probably. But... You know, have you ever turned this kid away and say, not today? Nope. And I mean, that's This is what community Jesus. is all that's about. Right. This yes. is community. This is the village, mm -hmm. you know, helping that little boy while his dad is over in the war zone, you know, and that's what the community village is all about. And right. there's the proof of the prayer. Show me what it is you have in mind, God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Every morning. There mm -hmm. it is. Amen. Yep, there it is. I love that that's story. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I love do that too. Story. I thought mm -hmm. that was really good. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to go around and uh, see if anything's on your heart. A lot of times I'll ask things like, um, do you have anything you do differently? Like I did with you, Michelle, and I remember what you said about how you wish you would have, you know, oh. trusted God earlier. Mm -hmm. And so um, anything that's happening, maybe Beatrice, in your life lately, I know you mentor a lot of kids, and sometimes uh, you've brought to us some pretty sad stories 
stories of kids saying they're worthless and that they've mm. been told they'll go nowhere in life. And you said you wish you would have had a drill sergeant of life and you wonder where you'd be in life if you would have had someone as a child to inspire you to make something of yourself. You know, I look at the kids nowadays and, and many of our children today are very disrespectful. Mm. Oh, it's so true. Very disrespectful. They haven't learned it. And, you know, and, and Wyatt, I know you're not like that. No, because I can, I can see no, it on your face that you're not. He has wonderful parents. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, but these kids are, uh, many of these kids are so disrespectful. And if I could go back to my generation, I graduated from high school in 1976. If I could go back to that generation right there and say, hey, look, this is what we're going to face in 2017. Let's take care of it right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's take care of these kids right now. Let's, let's remember how to say Mr. and Mrs. Okay, let's remember how to not call people by their first name. Let's remember that because we dare not call anyone oh, by their I first name. I love it when they call me Miss Angie. The kids, yes. you know, my um, son's friend just called my husband, you know, Mr. And then mm -hmm. used his name. And uh, my husband, like, that, uh, that's a, for a grandpa. That's for my dad. I said, no, no it's a sign of respect, that's honey. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think, it, I think it is. And we've lost that. We've yeah, lost it like, because. Yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. Yes. I mean, um, I, we have new neighbors and all those kids say that to their parents. They're homeschooled. They all say, yes, ma'am. And yes, yes. sir. Absolutely. And, and I would go back to my generation and tell them, this is what we're going to face. We better take care of it right now. Yeah. Because be I will. Ab absolutely. I will not let a child call me Beatrice. You better call me A.B., Mrs. Bruno or Drill Sergeant. One of those three, because anything other than that is totally unacceptable. I don't even call people. Ma'am, I don't know your name. Um, Sandy's mom. Miss Judy. Judy. OK, that's exactly what I would call you. Because that's how I respect you. I call Michelle Mimi mm -hmm. uh, because that's a term of respect for a, a grandmother. Yeah, you know Mimi. Mm -hmm. All right. How you about know. you, Dawn? Anything on your heart lately? You uh, said you wrote something about wanting people to get over fear. Yes, yes. Um, on my heart has been exhaling. My husband road races motorcycles, and I found myself at the last uh, track, at the last uh, race, holding my breath as he was racing because five weeks previous, he had a really bad crash and his fifth concussion. Ugh. The bike fell on him. He high-sided over the handlebars. Oh. Beatrice saw him mm -hmm. gimping around. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself just catching my breath at the racetrack. And so this blog is all about, do you live life like this? Controlling, you know, waiting for the next shoe to drop, in angst, and if you do, um, then we need to to trust God. You know, interestingly enough, you know, with Sandy here, um, I've interviewed six people who've lost children. Mm -hmm. And there were two that I felt really were white knuckling it. And, um, uh, and then four that I felt had a sense of peace and wanting to um, make uh, their child's life live on through their actions, you know, like to really honor their child's life. Right. And those four people, interestingly enough, were people of faith. And yes, I'm biased because I'm a Christian, and I think that that, would, that, that, that helped them. Uh, but I did feel that there was at least a, a sense of peace, even, you know, though it's something that will never go away, you know, right. my mom included, you know, mm -hmm. have, have, with my brother, you know, being murdered. So, Sandy, what's on your heart? I mean, you're helping so many people now with, you know, what you do with helping people with loss. Anything on your heart that you want to share? Well, it, it's very interesting because what has been on my heart lately has been, it's funny, my son is here, my immediate family. Um, since my daughter has passed, there was a, I, I've had different periods in my life. Um, the first period was numbness. 
I didn't know how to live. I didn't right. know how to, you know, function. Um, and as I moved through that, I started to think about um, then my relationship with God. It wasn't all there at the beginning. It, like I said, it was a process. Yeah. But I became aware that I needed, I needed help. And yeah. I wasn't really getting help from anybody here on the earth plane. Um, so I decided to ask God for some more help. That was my next phase. The phase after that was where I decided I needed to take care of myself. You know, that thing where you fill up yourself before you can help others. Yeah. So, and, so I worked on that. And I found my purpose with, with this um, the coaching with, with the, helping with others, helping others with loss. and starting a foundation. Um, for your daughter for Michaela. Exactly. And well, then, I want to make sure people can reach you because I don't want to run out of time before okay. if any kind of loss. I mean, obviously, if it's a child, Sandy is the person for you. But if you've lost a job or you're feeling really stuck, she's got seven weeks that you work with her and you get out of that rut. Yeah, it's uh, you can call me at 720-353-9573 or go to my website, spirit-coaching.net. Michelle Ron, author, speaker. You're speaking like crazy all over oh, the place. And she brings her guitar, too. How do we reach you? Michelle at michellearon.com. Jericho Girls uh, is your on uh, your ministry. And yes. if women want support, how do they find you, Donna? Jerichogirls.org. Drill Sergeant of Life. You do everything. <laughs> <laughs> Drillsergeantoflife.com. Excellent. God bless you guys. Thanks Thank for coming. Thank you. Good news of Jesus for you in High Definition Radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Hey, it's Angie. Uh, Let's talk now to Adam Katz with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation. And Adam, you help the kids whose parents are dealing with cancer because oftentimes the kids don't get to be kids when their parents are sick, correct? That's it, exactly. Peyton is 10, Rylan is 8, and they both would love to play a sport. They like basketball and baseball and soccer. For $100, you can sponsor one of these kids. How do we sponsor them for a sport this spring? Uh, Give me a call and tell me which one you want to do. The sports are baseball, basketball, and soccer. They love them all. They cost about $100 each. The mother in this situation is battling breast cancer, so it's just gotten a little too expensive for them at this point. And the children shouldn't miss out simply because the parents are struggling right now. I agree. Peyton is 10. Rylan is 8. They shouldn't miss out on sports. Their mom dealing with breast cancer. They're already going through a hard time, and this would allow them to be kids. If you want to sponsor either of them, call Adam at 720-530-9482, 720-530-9482, or go to DoreenKatzMemorial.org. 
Billy Hollowell uh, from Faithwire joining us with some of the top trending stories of the morning. Uh, welcome, Billy. Hey, how are you? I'm doing quite well. All right, so we're talking Mike Pence marriage values. We're talking the uh, Christian cake baker out of Colorado. And then also we're going to start with the story on the doctors turning down an offer to take in a terminal baby. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, explain this one. Yeah, this story just, it, it keeps having legs. And I think it's because there's so many elements of the story that are that are troubling, tragic, bizarre. It's this little baby named Charlie Gard out in the UK, and his parents have been fighting um, to try and get him emergency treatment to try to save his life. Now, the doctors at the hospital where he's being treated, it's the Great Ormond Street Hospital out in the UK. They are experts in the terminal illness that this baby has. They say he can't swallow, he can't move, he can't do anything on his own, and that they want to take him off life support. Now, most experts agree there's not much that can be done to save this child, but his parents have raised almost $2 million to bring him to the U.S. where there is a doctor who is willing to try some experimental treatments uh, to try to save him. Now, this is where the real issue comes in. Whether or not the hospital should have the right to say, no, we're taking your child off life support, or whether the parents, who are his parents, should have the right to at least try that treatment. Now, the hospital has not uh, really made any sort of movement on allowing the family to take that child out. They want to take him off of life support. Donald Trump has gotten involved um, and said that, you know, that the U.S. would help. The Vatican has gotten involved and the hospital actually turned down the Vatican hospital's offer to take the baby in this week. And that's the latest development. So now, look, this what I think is interesting is this case should be over now. The baby was supposed to be taken off of life support on Monday. I'm starting to wonder if this international pressure and attention is causing some delays um, in, in that process. And, and so it's a really interesting but very, very sad story. Well, and because they lost this court battle in the UK, um, there'd been some talk even from the parents that they weren't going to get to say goodbye. They'd raised over a million dollars to have him moved. I don't understand why they, uh, uh, the government is getting involved with the parents' decision. If they have the money and they've raised it, why can't they take him wherever they want? And in terms of the Vatican Hospital's generous request and offer that would allow Charlie to live with dignity until his natural death, why on earth have they dug their heels in on this one? And are they making the decisions for this baby rather than the parents? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't. And see, the argument that people are, well, this is like when, you know, parents don't treat their terminally ill child or their kid who has a simple illness and they're faith healers and they, you know, they don't treat the child. This is sort of the opposite of that. This is the parents wanting to do whatever they can to sustain and save this baby's life. And if if the situation is as bad as the hospital is saying that this baby is not going to survive, why not at least try treatment? They're the parents. I think the question here, and this is Americans are going to be talking about. You look at the UK, you look at the healthcare debate here, you look at the government not allowing the family to take their child where they're going to take him treatment. You start to wonder when the government over healthcare, does the government then start to retain rights over, you know, does, I guess, does the government's rights supersede parental rights? And that's, and that's a really important question. And I think regardless of where people stand on this, And on whether or not he can heal or be recovered, you have to ask that question, whose rights win out? And I would say if you're trying to seek treatment, it's probably the parents' rights. So I think that is why this story has resonated so much. 
Wow. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around the fact that the government thinks that they should make the decisions for this child. And e- even if the child isn't going to make it, the fact that the Vatican says, hey, we'll take him and let him die with dignity when his time comes, or it, it, it's a tough one, Billy. Let's keep following this one. Uh, let's move on to the story about Americans overwhelming, uh, overwhelmingly agree with Mike Pence's stance on marriage values. So you and I talked a lot about this story in the past. This was the whole, you know, media freak out about Mike Pence saying in 2002, by the way, um, this is an old quote that came back earlier this year, saying that he doesn't eat meals alone with women um, other than his wife, that he wants to respect his wife. So he, he doesn't have one on one meals or drinks, you know, with women. People freaked out about this. They said it was anti-woman, that this is, you know, puts women at a disadvantage. And I was completely fascinated by a poll was done by the New York Times. It's actually a New York Times poll that recently came out. And women actually agree more with Mike Pence than men do. 60% of women uh, said that it's inappropriate for a guy to have a drink alone with a woman or a woman to have a drink alone with a guy who is not their husband if they're married. 60%. And 48% of men agreed. Um, so I, I found that really fascinating because only 29% of women were saying that having a drink alone with a guy uh, was appropriate. And the same went for meals. 53% of women and 45% of men saying it's inappropriate to have dinner alone with somebody who is not your spouse when you're married. Um, now, those numbers changed when it came to business because that's the big critique. Well, what if it's business? Um, and, and business meetings alone, not dinners, um, most people had no problem with. Ne- neither men or women had a problem with. But I just found it fascinating because the media, once again, having such a hard time understanding why so many Americans believe what they believe in the middle of the country and not on the coast, um, sort of had this freak out with so many commentators talking about how bizarre Mike Pence's beliefs are. Meanwhile, 60% of women, at least when it comes to having drinks, actually agree with him. Yeah, I would say so. And you mentioned when we discussed this in the past, so many uh, incidents of uh, infidelity out there um, in the world. So if you can take these simple steps that would not put you in a position to, uh, you know, be tempted, what's the problem? Well, it, and it's his personal policy, which is the other thing here, right? I mean, this is his decision to say, this is what I want to do. This is how my wife and I handle our marriage. And, you know, you hear from some of the same people complaining about this all the time, that people should butt out of a People should probably consider butting out of Mike Pence's relationship. But this is what he chooses to do. Not everybody chooses to do this. It's fine. It's his policy. I just don't understand what the big deal is here. Um, but I, do, I just find it fascinating when polling results show that disconnect, once again, that we, between the media and the general public overall. And I think this is another example of that. Uh, a top trending story on faithwire.com this morning has to do with uh, the violence in Chicago. Now, over the holiday weekend, Billy Hollowell with Faithwire, there were approximately 100 shootings, uh, approximately 100 people were shot over the weekend. Now, not all of them passed away, but I mean, that number is staggering. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, 15, at least 15 dead and more than 100 injured in Chicago. We know Chicago is in a really tough situation when it comes to violence. Um, but, but I think this July 4th weekend, which extended from Friday to Wednesday, uh, really, really painted a dire picture of where things stand in Chicago. And there's a priest there who's, who's very controversial. His name's uh, the Reverend Michael Fledger. He's been suspended before in the past. He's very political, uh, but he is part of the archdiocese. He's a Catholic priest, very political, very out there in the community and in the social, socio-political world. He said something, though, that I think really does paint a fascinating picture. He said on, in a Facebook post, 
the other day, we are safer in Iraq. And I thought that was just, gosh, you think about what's going on in Iraq and to make a statement like that, considering what we know about the Middle East and then looking at the stats there um, in Chicago is, is pretty telling. And whether or not that's true and whether or not it's an, it's an over-exaggeration, I think it points to how bad things are there in Chicago. And, and just to kind of give... Um, an idea of what it's been like in the in the past. In 2016, four people were killed and 46 were injured during the same weekend. In 2015, seven people were killed and 40 were wounded. So again, you've got 15 deaths and over 100 shootings. The problem's definitely gotten worse. I just can't even believe that there were over 100 people injured in shootings. And so, you know, comparing it to, uh, you know, uh, we're safer in Iraq uh, rather than, uh, you know, safer than you are in Chicago, I don't think it's that outrageous of a statement. No, I mean, look, there are, there are clearly neighborhoods in Chicago that are having some Profound difficulty. And this is something we heard Donald Trump speak a lot about, and he took a lot of heat for it. And some of his statements are, you know, of course, a little over the top in talking about inner cities, but that there, that there was a problem and is a problem in Chicago. And there should be no city in America where that many people are being shot in a holiday weekend. I mean, this is unconscionable, and there, we, we need to get to the bottom of why this is happening and, and how we can fix it, because you've got kids and families who are literally trapped in that. And, and it's just not, uh, it's just an unbelievable thing to think that in 2017, in America, this is a dynamic that we're living with. Um, and so to have that priest say that, I think, um, is helpful in that it gets the, the word out that this yeah. is happening and it's happening right. in our country. Brings more attention to it. The fact that he said he was flying the American flag upside down, uh, not real thrilled with that. Uh, but saying we're safer <laughs> yeah. in, in Iraq, I don't think that that uh, is that I don't think that's that outrageous in terms of a statement. But can you're a parent. Can you imagine uh, raising children there? I can. And I think it's so easy for people to say, oh, just move. Well, that's not an option for a lot of people in this country who are working two jobs and, you know, single parents even trying to survive. And sometimes people are trapped in certain places. Sometimes they have their family there and, and leaving isn't an option. So I think we have to be compassionate in understanding that and really figuring out how are we going to, as a culture and society, fix these problems that are going on in some of our cities. And, and we have drug problems in, in a lot of our suburbs. So it's not just the city. There's a lot happening in this country. All right. Uh, the story that's been making headlines and will go to the Supreme Court has to do with a Christian baker who refused to make a gay a wedding cake. And he goes on The View and spars with Joy Behar. Billy Hollowell uh, with Faithwire. This story is trending on your website. Uh, give us the lowdown of the sparring. Jesus got involved in this. Yeah. You know, I've got to give this baker credit. This is Jack Phillips over at Masterpiece Bakery. He's the guy who's going to be going to the Supreme Court. Um, and we're going to get some clarity finally on what the balance is between the First Amendment and the 14th Amendment, free speech and association versus, um, you know, equal protection under the law. And so he goes on The View last Friday. And I think a lot of us missed this because of the holiday and you know everything that was going on um, over the weekend here preparing for it. But he has this 10 minute back and forth with the host of The View that is completely fascinating where he holds his own, he defends himself, and he really speaks to why he made the decision to decline making a cake for a same-sex wedding. Now speaking for the first time on TV since the Supreme Court announcement, please welcome Jack Phillips and his attorney, Kristen Wagner. Welcome to the show, you guys. So, Jack, let me talk. So this all started when this gay couple, I've been to that, Charlie Craig and David Mullins, uh -huh. right? They came to your shop to order a cake for their wedding ceremony. Uh, and what was your immediate reaction when these two gay guys said, we want a cake for our wedding? 
Um, I tried to politely tell them that I didn't do cakes for same-sex weddings. I serve everybody all the time, but I don't make every uh, cake for every event that's uh, required. You don't make cake for any, every event that is asked for you to make yeah. it. If you ask me to do something else. He also told them that he would sell pretty much anything in a yeah. store. So you would give that. them a different cake, just not a wedding cake? I would serve them gladly anything that I sell in my store. Oh, but just not the wedding cake. Mm -hmm. I get you. It's a, a difficult thing to be in my position and know that somebody's requested me to do something that I can't in good uh -huh. conscience do. Not turning them away. It's just this event. Please understand that. I believe that the Bible cl clearly teaches that marriage is between one man and one woman. I'm not judging these two gay men that came in. I'm just uh, trying to preserve my right as an artist to decide which artistic endeavors I'm going to do and which ones I'm not. Um, there are other artistic endeavors that have no relation to same-sex couples at all that you what do gay marriage. What types of cakes that you won't make? Okay, I won't do cakes for uh, adult theme parties. I don't do cakes adult for Halloween. Adult theme parties. Okay. Yeah, uh -huh. a, uh, Halloween cakes. I don't do anti-American cakes. Something that would be disparaging to somebody. I know that you're a Christ follower, and Jesus was even criticized by some of his followers for hanging out with the lowest of the low and the mm -hmm. tax collectors and the sinners. Did you ever ask yourself, what would Jesus do in this particular situation? Instead of denying them, do you think maybe Jesus would have said, I don't accept this, but I'm going to love you anyways? Do you think that maybe would have had a more powerful testimony? I don't believe he would have, because that would have contradicted the rest of the biblical time. So you don't believe that, I just asked, what, what do you think Jesus would have done in that situation? I, I don't believe that Jesus would have made a cake you don't? if he'd have been a baker. Oh, come on. But he would have Jesus been would have made him. the cake. Je he would have hung out with them. and everything, but Jesus, that's the, that's a deal breaker. For, Jesus is going to make the cake. But Joy, <laughs> Jesus wouldn't contradict his teachings, first of all. Second, I'd like to broaden it to, to the fact that even if you support same-sex marriage, yeah. um, Joy, I, I have a hunch, maybe I'm just wrong here, but that as a Democratic speechwriter or that you wouldn't yeah. want to write a, a speech right now advocating for the GOP health plan. These <laughs> laws, the same laws that force Jack to design custom expression will force you to speak messages that you don't want to speak. And now you and I have talked about this, and I think Christians have lots of different views on how they would handle this, but he explained why he stands where he does in a way that I think resonated and made sense. Um, Joy Behar <laughs> didn't quite agree with him and actually went as far as to say, you know, Jesus would make the cake and that she knows that. And he said he thought Jesus wouldn't make the cake. And so there was this really fascinating back and forth. But I do think it's a segment worth people watching to try to understand why people on both sides stand where they do. Wow. And, you know, to have the guts to go into that uh, situation and to speak uh, to uh, those ladies where he knew that they would go after him, he really feels strongly about this topic. Yeah, and I think, you know, we have to realize, too, that um, this is a guy who has been threatened, harassed over his decision, who has been, you know, this has been sort of a nightmare for him. He continues to stand by it. He has decided to take his case to the Supreme Court, despite repeatedly losing in lower courts. So to go into that lion's den in the middle of New York City after, you know, one of the hosts, Candace Cameron Bure, left the show, and we're going to have a story here that people can also check out on the site where we show a past segment where she addressed this issue and really defended 
defended the Bakers. Um, that didn't quite happen on this show. He went into a situation where nobody on the panel really defended him or even really saw his viewpoint on it whatsoever. I think they were somewhat, they were pretty respectful of him still, uh, but that's a hard thing to do. So I think that was interesting to watch. And again, look, we, we have to understand there are some Christians who will make the cake. There are some who won't. Um, and we have to understand the arguments that everybody makes. I think John MacArthur hit the nail on the head the other day um, earlier this month when he said, is it a sin to make the cake? Of course not. But every person has to operate according to what they feel their conscience is telling them on this. And some people are going to have conscience issues with it, for sure. So again, Colorado Baker, um, but what if this was, um, uh, let, let's say I'm a Christian artist and I sing and an atheist wants me to sing songs that are against you know, my faith at their wedding. I wouldn't want to do that. So am I allowed to say no? Or you know, they want me to play the harp maybe at a Satan worshipers conference. Am I allowed to say no? I mean, this is a slippery slope. So it'll be very interesting to see what comes out of this. But in the case of like, what would Jesus do? Um, I, I, uh, well, I, there are many cases, I think, where I um, think about what Jesus would do, and I'm really one to show love and to not express my opinion about other people's choices and hope that my life and the way I treat others speaks for itself. But boy, this is a very important decision to be made, because if you put other circumstances around this and, and wonder what would you do if a Christian artist was asked to sing, you know, for uh, an atheist's wedding and sing things that were against the faith. I think most people would turn that down. So it's complicated, Billy. Thank you. Your website? Faithwire.com. Thanks, Billy. No problem. It's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303-238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. Uh, they help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two. And I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with a truck, and they pick everything up. Check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies, but I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA of the Rockies. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things. It shaped who I am today. It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA The Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. 
Hi, Angie Austin here, losing some weight right now, and I've got two people here that can help you lose some weight as well. We're going to tell you about the program. Josh Powell is here. He's the owner of Many Weight Loss, and Vicki Carrington, she is the nurse practitioner. So, Josh, just tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, your business and uh, how it works, and then I'll tell you how much weight I've already lost because I haven't even been doing this a week yet. Terrific. Um, We are a medically-assisted weight loss clinic, and... Um, it doesn't matter whether you want to lose three pounds or 300. And that's the interesting thing. Someone said, don't, isn't that for people who need to lose a lot of weight, Angie? You don't need to lose a lot because um, I've already lost some. Great. And, uh, um, but I said, no, it's for anyone. They have long programs and short ones. Yes, we do. I've, okay, so I just started on, let's see, I've, so it's been, um, it's been, let's see, one, two, okay, uh, Four days, and I've already lost five pounds. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Great. I mean, I know in the beginning it's a little bit of weight. Uh, Vicki Carrington, nurse practitioner, is here. And Vicki, we went through a whole uh, two-hour initially. Now, that's a long visit in the beginning. Just kind of going over my health, and you do blood work. Uh, you checked out my heart, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's important to kind of get a good base, right, for the weight loss program. Right, and we need to know if you have conditions that would prevent you from being on the program. Now, you mentioned losing weight yourself, and I know Josh has lost weight, and so you both can kind of relate to what this process is like. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. yes. And you've done the actual program? I started in February, and I have lost 20 pounds. Yeah, you're pretty thin. So I have you 10 said more to go. 10 more? <laughs> wow, you're going to be really thin. And Josh doesn't have any weight issues, so. yeah. <laughs> but it's nice, you know, to know that you've been through it and you right. can relate to everyone. Absolutely. Um, what I do like, I have to say about the program, is the flexibility in that if I want to buy uh, the shakes, I can, which I want to get the banana ones next time. It's good. Yeah, yeah I heard they it's really good. good. Yeah, so shakes and the protein bars, et cetera, you can incorporate those or not. And I like the fat burner, uh, the, all the vitamins, so I really feel like I'm getting my omega-3. And it's interesting because a lot of these things you give me are things that in my real life I would take but I always am told that I'm wow how did you know to take that or why do you take that like vitamin D mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know, multivitamin and omega-3 mm-hmm. and these are all things that are part of your program they right mm-hmm. yes. so why do you think it works so well Vicki um, the weight loss is because we put you into ketosis so you are burning fat rather than the food that you're taking in ah. but the reason it really works is that we teach you how to eat better so that when you're done losing the weight, you don't gain it all back. And you do get fruit later. I know I yes. haven't done my first week, you're but not that far. And I'll do that, you know, <laughs> um, uh, to kind of fuel my exercise. Right. Josh, how do people find you if they want to come in and find out more about the program, the weight loss program? Um, you can certainly find us online at MediWeightLoss.com. Um, click on locations and we are the Highlands Ranch location. And if you'd like to call, our number is 720-699-2500. Give that again. 720-699-2500. And they're right off of uh, C470, so that's super and simple. Broadway. Yeah, and yes. Broadway. All right, so um, my first week, I'm not even done with my first week. I've um, lost four pounds. I know that people lose as much as six in the first week, right? Up to 10. Oh, wow. Well, and I'm hopeful. We've had a few people hit 11. And when I talked to you, Josh, the first time you said, oh, you won't be on the plan that long, because I figured maybe 15 pounds or so, because I'd already lost some weight prior to, so I was kind of on my last leg. But I have to say the last leg can be very hard. You can really get stuck. Absolutely. You plateau sometimes. Yeah. All right. What um, have you found, um, and either of you can answer this question, that people like about the plan? I mean, obviously, fast weight loss is nice, and it's medically supervised. What else? 
I think that they feel good while they're doing it. And they start noticing changes, like their joints don't hurt as much. Oh, right. Um, they have more energy. That's helpful. Yeah. And you help us with energy, and you help us with appetite. So I feel like you kind of take, you look at all you, the nutrition, your appetite, your energy, your vitamins, like it's kind of all-encompassing. Right, right. Yeah, I like that a lot. And uh, I have to be honest with you, when I came in and you sat down and showed me the prices, I wasn't blown away. You know what I mean? Like I didn't go, whoa, that's expensive. (laughs) I'm not saying it's like, you know, bottom basement discount, but I I really feel that for what you get, I feel the value is very good. And uh, so again, it's only been a few days and I'm already seeing, you know, success. And I, I do feel... I, I have a, a fair amount of energy, Good. and I'm usually more foggy when I'm losing weight. Okay. And so it did that the B12 and uh, the B vitamins, I think, really did help. Josh, I want to make sure, again, give us the contact information. People sure. want to come in. It is 720-699-2500. We are just off of C470 and Broadway. It's very easy to find. Perfect. Well, Vicki, I really enjoyed talking to you. And Josh, you were fantastic with letting my kids get on the scale and seeing how lean <laughs> they were. That was, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.